Chapter 15. Crossing Over Two days had passed since Padua, and we were on the outskirts now of Venice, walking through a heavily industrialized area. Noise, pollution, and the smell of exhaust fumes made the day's walk especially tedious. Have you ever heard of Caronte? Alberto asked me at one point. No, what is it? I replied. Well, Caronte is a character from Greek mythology, he explained. He's the boatman who carries the souls of the dead to the other world. I've been receiving signs connecting his name with Venice, with death and crossing over. He paused before finally adding, maybe something important is going to happen here. Well, unless Venice plans to sink entirely while we're here, I really don't want to know about it, I replied dryly. My mood lifted considerably when I saw the long bridge leading into the city. We crossed it quickly. Our destination, the centrally located St. Mark's Basilica. Alberto was lagging behind, and I was about to become irritated when the look of amazement on his face stopped me. I slowed my pace, and for those brief moments saw through his eyes the reason for that awe. Canals wound through the city like streets. Romantic, arched footbridges, neatly connected neighbors across the watery divide. Boats rocked gently in front of candy-colored houses, an odd yet natural resemblance to cars parked in their driveway. An accordion tune floated through the air, completing this unforgettable scene. It's always been my dream to come here, Alberto sighed dreamily. I slowed my pace and strolled with Alberto past the pink-colored Ducale Palace, the ancient seat of government, to St. Mark's Plaza, the square in front of the Basilica, famous for the thousands of pigeons that used it as their playground. With the sun setting, we entered the Basilica in search of shelter. The soft lighting added a touch of mystery and holiness to this sacred site, location of the tomb of St. Mark. An attendant listened to our needs and advised us to go to the Church of the Holy Savior, assuring us that the priest there, Father Natalino, would attend to our needs. He instructed us to go right, but in the maze of narrow streets in which we found ourselves, we weren't sure what direction we were going. We kept the Basilica's dome as our guide. Even in the dark, it was impossible not to be captivated by this city. Despite being January, the night air was filled with the perfume of flowers, intoxicating and heady, that seemed to transport me to another time and place, hinting at something vaguely familiar. My wandering eyes casually hit upon the name of the street that we were walking. Calle del Pellegrin, the Pilgrim Street. We were excited by the sign and felt a sense of expectancy or destiny that we couldn't quite pinpoint. The Pilgrim Street eventually led us to a majestic church that looked distinctly out of place among the ordinary homes of this quaint neighborhood. Passersby confirmed that this was indeed the church we were looking for. We climbed the wide marble steps and pushed open the antique wooden door. The priest was at the altar speaking with some people and motioned for us to wait. Impressive paintings dotted the walls while intricate mosaic tiles converted the floor into a shining masterpiece. 
Despite its grandeur, there was a light feeling here, and I enjoyed strolling around. The, piece, the priest finally approached and introduced himself as Father Natalino. His manner was relaxed and his gaze curious but inviting. You two remind me of a painting I have here, he said, leading us towards the back of the church. I felt it as soon as you walked in with your backpacks and sticks. He stopped in front of a large painting depicting Jesus in the center of a din ever dinner table flanked by four men. Two of the men had bags and sticks at their feet. This painting is called Supper at Emmaus, he explained. After Jesus died, two of his disciples left in anguish towards Emmaus, a, a town just outside Jerusalem. On their way, they were befriended by a pilgrim who accompanied them. They didn't recognize that it was Jesus until he broke the bread at dinner. I wasn't sure what he was trying to tell us, but I certainly appreciated his warm welcome and genuine interest in our journey. Our accommodations in the games room of the church hall were comfortable. As I hung my clothes to dry, Father Natalino walked in. His eyes roamed his transformed games room, now filled with sleeping bags sprawled, sprawled on the floor atop of some cardboard boxes, socks and underwear dangling on the heater, cheese, bread, margarine juice, and a half-finished bag of cookies on the pool table. He smiled in appreciation and what was a typical day in a pilgrim's life. I was just thinking that your walk into Venice must have been very difficult with all the noise and traffic, he said. I know a route out of the city that's much more tranquil. It means having to take a ferry, but I think you will enjoy it. I pulled out our map and saw that there was a short crossing from Venice to Porto Sabioni. I had never even considered that as a possibility. Alberto's earlier comments about Caronte came back to me. I was now more curious than ever to make that crossing. Early the next day, we stood on the church steps saying our goodbyes to our host. Once again, he contemplated us in silence. You know, Venice has a long history with pilgrims, he finally said. Pilgrims of old used to come here to take ships to Istanbul and then continue from there on foot to Jerusalem. If there was a war or for some reason they couldn't leave, they would stay and work until the next opportunity. Many never left Venice. Of those who did, the majority never returned to their original homes. A pilgrimage was a major commitment, a demonstration of perseverance and faith. Those who returned were forever changed and often found it difficult readapting to their old lives. I could easily relate to what he was saying. I could not imagine going back to my old life. Pilgrims like you stood here, he went on, on these very steps, before walking down the very streets that you are about to walk, to attend a special pilgrim's mass in the basilica, and to be blessed before walking the short distance to the port. The two columns just past the plaza and the palace are the remnants of that port. They marked the entry to Venice, and it was where families said their final goodbyes before pilgrims boarded their ships to Istanbul. 
gently resting his hands on our heads, the priest said a small prayer ending with, May God bless you on your journey of peace and made the sign of the cross on our foreheads. We said our goodbyes and walked the pilgrim street slowly, deliberately, absorbing all these coincidences and continued past St. Mark's Plaza with the intention of walking through the columns of the old port and ceremonially boarding our waiting ferry. Hello, hello, a man's voice yelled out excitedly. He was rushing towards us, waving his hands and gesturing for us to stop. When I saw your signs, I couldn't believe it, he said breathlessly, grasping my hands in his. I'm a television producer, and I'm here with some children who have just returned from Jerusalem. Please, can you speak with them? I know they would be thrilled to meet you. A group of about 30 children, all under the age of 15, swarmed us and started firing the usual questions. They squealed in excitement, pointing with incredulity at our signs. A young girl reached into her bag and handed me a book. On the front cover were three cartoon fish in a row, each holding a paintbrush while walking along a rainbow bridge that extended to infinity. The fish in front wore the kafiye, the Palestinian black and white scarf. The fish at the end wore a yarmulke, the Jewish cap, and the fish in the middle, a yellow baseball cap. Above their heads was the title, We Give a Boost to Peace with Six Hands in Four Languages, in Hebrew, Arabic, Italian, and English. The idea originated in Italy, the producer said to my amazed expression. Italian school children started a drawing which was delivered to a Palestinian school where those children added to it and finally to Israeli children who completed it. The parents also added their drawings. The process took many months, but the drawings were finally completed. At the end, they were all displayed at a cultural center in Jerusalem, and the children invited to see their handiwork. You cannot imagine the sight. 500 excited Israeli and Palestinian children, each searching curiously for their picture and squealing with joy and delight at finding it and their partners who created it. I cannot describe with words the energy that filled that center. There were no barriers. No differing religions, cultures, ideologies. There were only children playing, singing, dancing. These children are our messengers of peace, creating with their hands and their hearts what the adults are failing to do. I wanted to know more, to stay, to speak with the children, but our fairy was leaving and they needed to continue their tour. We reluctantly said our goodbyes and walked towards the port, the cries of ciao, buon viaggio, and pace ringing in the plaza. My heart swelled. They waved and blew kisses until we boarded our ferry, putting the finishing touch on this unforgettable day and the ancient circle we had just completed. The ferry pulled away ever so slowly placing distance between us and Venice until its shoreline disappeared.
I leafed through the book, this treasure of hope I was offered, and finally surrendered to my tears. Most drawings depicted Israeli and Palestinian children holding hands and wearing each other's headdress. Many showed doves flying with olive branches in blue skies, while others still showed the various symbols of their religions and flags intertwined and united. Their simplicity and innocence was moving, their bright colors full of joy and hope, a permanent testament to peace amid the killing and the bloodshed. The old world that had so defined me and my ideas was disappearing. Just as Caronte carried spirits to a new world, I too was being carried to a new land with an expanded vision of myself, one more grounded in openness, trust, authenticity. I was only now beginning to see the importance of these values in creating peace within me and then without. The new world, like the new self that was unfolding, was full of unknowns, but as an innocent child, filled with promise and dreams. The ferry maneuvered into the port of Sabioni. I took one last look behind and said a silent goodbye, stepping onto the new shore.